everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Chronic Fatigue and Burnout Recovery Podcast. Today's episode, I'm going to address a question that I've been asked a few times now in different ways by different people. Some people have asked me this question on social media. Clients have asked me this question. And recently, I also ran a alumni session with some of the people who've done my resilience program. And the same question came up in that group as well. And the question is really around how do we know when we need to pursue mind-body work versus how do we know when we need to do more physical work? And I guess the other part of this question is how do we know when we just need to keep on doing what we're doing and not get shiny object syndrome and be constantly looking for the next way we can work on ourselves. So I'm going to give you the complete spoiler alert before we dive into the episode. But the first thing I'll say is it's hard to know. It's hard to know what we should be doing. We don't always know. We don't always make the best decisions. We don't always get it right. And that is just part and parcel of the journey. So if that's all you need to know today, then you don't need to listen to the rest of this episode. But in the rest of this episode, I'll be talking a little bit more about the nuance, because if you've been following me for any length of time, you probably know that I'm all about the nuance and all about seeing each person as an individual and understanding the personalization which is required as we all navigate our unique and very special healing journeys and healing opportunities, shall we call them. Let's talk a little bit about this dilemma. Chronic illness is a marathon, definitely not a sprint. You're going to need to be in it for the long haul. You're going to need to be in it for longer than you think you're going to need to be in it for the most part, because it takes time. And depending on how long you've been unwell for, the extent of the complexity of your illness, the various factors which are involved in your unique health experience, and the resources and privileges that you have available, this journey is going to take time. There are going to be ups and downs. There are going to be periods of success. There are going to be periods of hopelessness. And we need to support ourselves alongside all of it to really enjoy the moments when we feel like we're winning and we're progressing and really hold ourselves very tenderly and gently in those moments when we feel incredibly low. So when it comes to all of this, how do we know the best way to navigate the journey? How do we begin to start to make decisions about our health care, whether that is going to the doctor and asking for some tests or some medication? or whether that is working with some sort of mind-body practitioner, or whether it is actually just giving yourself some more space or you know, working on your relationships in your family home, whatever the journey looks like for you. And as we move through our experience, there are going to be ups and downs. There are going to be periods of time when we feel very low and hopeless and we don't know what's going on. And then there are going to be periods of time when we are feeling like what we're doing is working. And so how do we really know what to do? And I guess in the beginning, when you initially enter into this chronic illness experience, for some people it's quite sudden. They may get a virus and then life is just never the same from that point. 
And then with others, it's more of like a circling the drain type of experience where the changes are happening very subtly over time and then maybe accelerate. And there's obviously lots of different experiences. There can be like ups and downs where things are a bit bad, then they get a bit better, then they're a little bit more bad, then they get a little bit better, but not quite as good as before. And then it's kind of like ups and downs, but the overall trajectory is down. So people arrive at this place of chronic illness in all different ways. But I think whichever way you arrive, there's a point where you kind of acknowledge something isn't right here. And there's like a tipping point perhaps when your identity shifts from being the identity of someone who was well to somebody who is sick. And there's a lot I could say about the tipping points of identity, but I'm not even going to go into that conversation today because I'll go down a complete tangent. But what I would say is when that tipping point in your awareness happens and you realize that something is not right, you realize you cannot continue as you have done in the past, at least in my experience, that time is usually associated with a lot of chaos. This, the chaos is really comes from the uncertainty of not knowing, not knowing what's wrong with you, not knowing what the future holds, not knowing who can help you, not knowing how to help yourself, not knowing how the people in your life are going to respond, maybe not knowing how your work or your colleagues or your boss is going to respond. So there's a huge amount of uncertainty and chaos when we reach that tipping point in our life. And part of that chaos is just us beginning to process the grief um, to a certain extent. And I also like to see like part of that chaos is, is potentially the reorganization of our lives. Because when we become ill or when we're finally ready to acknowledge that we're ill or there's a problem, it's also when we can then dip forward fully into our healing. So there can sometimes be this, you know, these symptoms and the circling of the drain or the sudden change or the trajectory over time. And then eventually we have to acknowledge and accept within ourselves, even if we resist it, something is not quite right here and I'm going to have to step up and do something differently. And even though it's the moment when we maybe aren't finally ready to acknowledge that we're having an illness experience, on the opposite side of the same coin, we're also kind of acknowledging, I'm ready to start healing now. I'm ready to step fully forward into this healing experience. And when we do that, something needs to shift within ourselves to create the change that is required for healing to take place. And I kind of think like that the chaos is everything getting like thrown up into the air. If you think of like a snow globe analogy, maybe you're like shaking up the snow globe, you're causing all this chaos. But then from that point onwards, things can begin to settle and reorganize. And I guess your life begins to restructure itself and you begin to restructure how you live your life in a different way, which enables you to move forward in your healing journey. So in those very beginning stages that when there is chaos in the beginning, and this might not be everyone's experience, but for the most part, at least I speak from my own personal experience here, when we're in this chaotic state, it is really hard for us to know what we need. And we may tend to more blindly follow. 
So we may tend to go to the doctor and we do whatever the doctor says or we have whatever medical appointments are recommended or whatever scans or tests or things which are recommended. We blindly follow the recommendations. Or maybe we're told or we're referred to a physio or we're referred for CBT or maybe all sorts of options which are available to us. Take this medication, do these courses. We have this type of support for you, especially if you're in the UK and NHS will have a set set of resources which are available for free. And you'll just kind of take whatever is being offered without pausing and stopping to say, is this what I really need? So in the beginning, it might be a case of more sort of blindly following. It may be starting to reach out and do some research and see what people are saying online. There may be communities that you become connected to and people are talking in these communities and saying what worked for them. And as a human being, based on your past experience, you're probably going to latch on to certain things that certain people are saying. And we all have our inherent biases. So some people will maybe be drawn more to mind-body work because that sits better with their experience of life. Some people may be drawn more to the traditional medicine model. Some people may be drawn more to like the naturopathic model or the functional medicine model. Other people may go down more the traditional psychotherapy route, for example. So there's in the beginning when we're in chaos, we're just trying to find a sense of certainty and stability. We're blindly following, we're researching, we're gathering information, we're trying to understand this is usually the part of the journey when we're the least connected to what we really need. And probably to a certain extent, I mean, it could go either way. Like some people find amazing practitioners in the very beginning stages of their journey who really just hold the space and guide them forward with less wasted time and energy. And then some people have to jump around and try lots of different things before they really start to get connected to what they need. And I always say that a huge part of the healing journey is us connecting more so to our needs. When we've come from this past experience or past patterns perhaps of disconnecting from ourselves to to manage our lives or to maybe overcome some of the traumatic experiences we could have had in our lives, very often, dis-ease is bred from this place of disconnection, of constantly pleasing others, of constantly striving to achieve, of constantly feeling like we need to be in control, and all the kind of usual archetypes or personality types that are often associated with energy-related health challenges. When we're moving through the journey, what we're actually doing is, as we the body physically stops us and slows us down and makes life less busy, there's the invitation for us to really start to connect with ourselves and not necessarily just the mind, but the body also. And this is a huge part of the nervous system work. And this is where the mind-body work comes in, is starting to connect to what is my experience in the body and what is my body telling me? As we do so, we get better connected to our gut instincts, to our intuition, better connected to our needs. And hopefully through time, it's not just about knowing what our needs are, but it's also about honoring those needs. So when we talk a little bit about discerning 
if we need to do X or Y or Z, the discernment comes from the time that we spend getting to know ourselves. And that comes from connection to the body, connection to the body, which from my lens as a somatic experiencing practitioner is built through taking those moments every single day to connect with ourselves, to have a somatic toolbox, which enables us to work with our nervous systems in the moment and tend to the needs of the nervous system. And maybe working with practitioners um, over time to cultivate a greater sense of capacity. But it's from the mind-body work that the discernment is bred. So when it comes to discerning what we need, I would potentially argue that for the most part, most people are going to need some form of mind-body work. Some people may find the mind-body work in the very beginnings of their journey. And even though it may not take them the whole way that they need to go to have the health experience that they want to have in their life, where it really will serve them is by building up that greater sense of self, that greater sense of connection to the body so they can move through the more physical side of things much more intentionally and also probably be able to make much better decisions about what types of practitioners they want to work with and who the right practitioners are for them and their unique nervous system. So in those in that beginning stage, the chaotic stage, I think mind-body work can be incredibly valuable. It wasn't where I started. So just to say that you don't have to do it that way. I felt like I had been doing so much mind-body work up until the point that I became unwell, like loads of meditation and yoga and things like that. But what I really needed was the somatic work. But that's another story for another day. So when I started my journey, it was actually much more in the physical realms. And this is where I was really fortunate to be working with somebody who knew what they were doing and somebody who could, who had experience, personal and professional experience of working with chronic cases, who really guided me to some valuable practices that I still use today. For example, learning about the importance of regulating my blood sugar, but, you know, blood sugar aside, just kind of doing some of the basic things like better self-care, I would call it. So blood sugar, sleep, for example, really, really important things. Learning how to pace, also really important. And then more so from a functional medicine perspective, like addressing any issues with oxygenation, addressing any active infections. So we can also start in the physical realms. And some people will also get great traction on the physical side of things. Some people will also get great traction on the mind body side of things. Some people may, for whatever reason, do both at the same time and get great traction with that. And I kind of feel like when you're in the beginning stages of your journey, for the most part, although every case can be a little bit different and there's nuance, you can kind of get traction doing anything. So just not overthinking it, but just taking some intentional supportive actions will move the needle forward or at the very least rule out the things that aren't going to work for you so that you can find the things that do work for you. But then we get to this point in the journey where we've we've done a bit of stuff, we've seen some success, we've made some progress, 
but there's still niggling symptoms, there's still ups and downs, there's still crashes or flares, they might not be as intense, they might not be for as long a duration, they may not be as frequent, we may have more capacity in our life, all the things I spoke about in the episode on tracking progress, but we know there's still work to do. And this is the tricky place where it's like, where do I go from here? Do I need to test mold and do a complete detox? Do I need to do a parasite cleanse? Do I need to now dig deep into my childhood trauma? Like, what is the decision that needs to be made here or the other option? Do I just give this more time? And this is where it becomes hard to really know what to do. And hopefully with some of the connection that you've been building with yourself as time has gone on, you will have more of an instinct about what to do next. But if you don't, then this is just a bit of a framework of things that you could consider. So the first thing is to be systematic. And I don't know if this is just the way that my brain works. Maybe it's not the way that everyone's brain works, but the way that I work with my clients is in like a very structured way is in this is like step one, this is step two, this is step three, and so on and so on. And it's about the fine tuning as time goes on. So there's a systemized way that we take action. This means that what we want to do is just focusing on one or two things at a time so we can assess what's actually working. So simplicity is key and it's about a layering of different things. So if you're questioning what else should you do, I think it's important not to take on too much at once, just to take on one or two things at a time. And also give yourself time for those things to take hold and for those things to work. You want to give time for things to happen. Like sometimes when I'm working with clients, they can be quite impatient. And I know I was a very impatient person as well. And they'll try, for example, blood sugar control. They'll start making their dietary changes. And like after a week, if they don't feel better, they're like, I've been doing this a week now. And maybe they haven't realized is that I've just given them step one. And there may be five other steps that are required to really optimize their blood sugar control. And they'll need to implement all of those steps in a systemic way, in a systemized way. And we need to track progress and we need them to be consistent. And then we need to make sure that as they've been consistent with this new step, which is blood sugar control, they haven't now stayed up too late watching TV and let their circadian rhythm get all out of whack. Or they haven't now suddenly started to do more exercise and they're outside of their capacity. Or they haven't suddenly taken on a whole bunch of extra stress or anything like that. And so they haven't disturbed the balance of what has been created before. So when we're making changes, we need to make changes slowly, not make changes with too many things at once. We need to be consistent. And we also need to embed the consistency into our system through repetition. So just repeat, 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 repeat. So the body just gets used to this is what we do now. And then from that point onwards, then we can decide what is the next step. And there will be times in your journey where the next step is, you know what? I just feel like I've done so much physical work on myself now. 
I don't really want to make more dietary changes. I don't really want to experiment with more supplements. I don't really want to spend money on more testing. Maybe I'm just going to hold all these physical pieces stable for a while. And I'm going to then shift my focus now more onto the mind-body side of things. And as I'm connecting to my body, I'm noticing that I'm always feeling anxious around these certain situations, or I'm finding it really difficult to stick to my diets because of X, Y, and Z. And so some of the challenges that we're having in our healing journey are also bringing up material that we can work with from a mind-body perspective. So for example, if every single Monday you're feeling really anxious, that's an opportunity for you to work with the anxiety in your system. If you're finding it really hard to stick to your diet because you feel really angry and frustrated at the level of restriction, that's an opportunity for you to work with anger and frustration and resentment in your system. So sometimes through working on the physical side of things and aiming for consistency, it brings up material that we can work with more from the mind-body or I would call somatic side of things. And we're kind of sort of balancing both. We're spending a little bit of time on the physical pieces. We're noticing what challenges present themselves when we do that. And then as those challenges arise, we can see now, okay, these are some things I need to work with within my nervous system or within my body. And then we spend a bit of time working through the mind-body piece. What usually happens is that creates a shift in the physical side of things. And as things are physically shifting on the physical side, then there may then be a little bit more that comes up to be addressed on the physical side of things. Or there's a, just a sense of, I can just hold my physical baseline. I can hold my nervous system baseline let me just be in this place. Let me just be in maintenance for a while and see what unfolds. And as we hold ourselves in maintenance, not working on ourselves too hard, but actually just enjoying the capacity that we've created, inevitably something else will come up. And it could come up on the physical side of things, or it could come up on the mind-body side of things, or it might be hard to know which we need to work on. And in which case, then we can always have a choice. We can spend a little bit more time on the mind-body, see if something shifts for us. Or we can spend a bit more time on the physical side of things and see if something shifts for us. And the most important thing is as you're going through this journey, see it as just that. It's a journey. It's a process. And don't be attached to the success. And yes, we want success. Yes, we want to feel better. We want to have more capacity. We want to live life more. But when we're doing things and we're so focused on the outcome, we begin or we forget to live our lives now. And part of the healing journey is living your life with the capacity you have in the moment while also holding space for the things that you need to do each day to grow that capacity. And it's a little bit of a delicate dance. So where I think people could get this sort of paralysis of analysis where they're like, is it a mind body? Is it a physical thing? What do I do? It's almost like this, this part of us that wants to get it right, that wants to achieve, that can't make a mistake. And so if you're in the situation where you're not sure what your next step is, there's a few invitations, which are what would first of all happen if you didn't do anything? 
how would it be to sit in the discomfort of not knowing and just continue to live your life? Because a huge part of this is sometimes we have a, a set, a setting in our nervous system, so to speak, where we feel like we need to be working on ourselves all the time. And part of the healing might be learning to be less reactive, learning to not chase the next protocol or chase the next success or chase the next win, but just learning to be a little bit more in the here and now and enjoy the journey, enjoy the capacity that you do have to be a little bit more present. So that's option one. Option two might be that you do take a mind-body intervention. And if you were to take the mind-body intervention, what would the expectation be? What would you do differently? What could, what could you do to move this journey along? What are you hoping will happen to move the journey along? And sometimes here, it's not always about doing the next nervous system course or learning some advanced brain retraining techniques. I also feel like we get to this point in our journey when sometimes there are things we know we should be doing that we're just not doing. Like it might actually be, oh, I just need to be a little bit more disciplined with my pacing. Just need to make a little bit more time to do some restorative yoga in my day. So sometimes it's not always about learning more or, or try to heal more deeply, but just about going back to some of those basic fundamentals that give the body a little bit more space. And then on the other side of things is the option to do something physical. And again, there might be a situation where the physical things are not new physical things. It's just coming back to the things that we know work for us. Maybe it's certain foods we need to avoid. Maybe it's better blood sugar control. But there's a part here that we maybe just need to like give a little bit more space for that physical side of things and lose attachment to, I need this physical thing to do this for me, whatever that might be. So we learn to live our lives. We learn to give space for the experience that we're having. And then perhaps if we give that experience some space, the answers eventually reveal themselves. But there may also be time in your journey where you feel actually very strongly, now is the time to invest in working with a, a coach or a functional medicine practitioner or a therapist. And that can also be a felt experience in the body. There's a knowing. And it's more about knowing this is the next step as opposed to running away from the pain and discomfort that you might currently be in. And so if this is something that you're navigating at the moment, the best piece of advice that I can give is to just slow down and get a little bit quiet, connect to the body, which can be hard if there's a lot of unpleasant symptoms in the body. And as you connect to the body and just notice what's coming up for you, give space for whatever that experience might be. So if there's fear, notice the fear. If there's a sense of urgency, a sense of being in a rush to heal, notice that. If there is some sort of grief or loss, notice that. And give yourself time just to process the emotional body, the somatic body, what's coming up. And then when your system feels a little bit more settled, when your system feels a little bit more grounded, when you feel more in your body and less in your head, that is the best place from which you can make a decision. And 
I know because I've done it so many times. Like whenever I feel like I was in a crash or a flare, I'd be investing in the next thing, whether it's buying a few hundred pounds of supplements online or buying an infrared sauna or something, some sort of gadget or tool or test kit or whatever it might be. You know, those decisions for the most part were never made from that really centered place. And it's something I've had to learn to do over time through the the work that I've done on my nervous system. So my encouragement as you as we're talking about this discerning, it's knowing that in order to discern, we have to give space for the discernment. And that comes through building a connection with the body, having tools to manage and regulate and support the nervous system. And then also acknowledging that sometimes we don't need to react or respond. Sometimes we can just give the journey a little bit more space. I hope you found that useful today. It's been a bit of a disjointed episode on my side. There's been people banging, accidentally paused the audio recording and kept on talking at one point in time. But I hope I've managed to string all the thoughts together in a way that will be helpful for you to process. So just to kind of recap on everything that we spoke about when it comes to discerning where you are in your journey, I think the main thing to know is that we discern better the more connected we are to ourselves. So when in doubt, start there. Start with building the connection to your body. Understand in the beginning stages, it's really hard to know what we need. But if you start anywhere, the worst case scenario is you just rule out things that don't work. Remember that it's a marathon and not a sprint. There'll be highs and lows and not every low moment is a call for a change. Sometimes we can just be in the low moment and that is part of the healing, learning how to be less reactive, learning how to be in the process without having to jump to solutions or fixing or changing. When it is time to make change, be systematic. So one or two things at a time, give them space and do things in an order that makes sense. And, and if you need help with that, that's where you know working with myself or one of the practitioners on my team can be invaluable. And then just building a connection, continue to nourish that connection with yourself over time knowing that you may flip-flop a little bit between working on the mind-body space, working on the physical space, and there may just be a natural sort of flow that happens. I think of an infinity sign. So an infinity sign is like an eight on its side, and we kind of weave our way side to side. So this physical body, there's more of the somatic nervous system body, there's the physical side, there's the nervous system side. And as we sort of weave our way between the two, It's the movement between the two that creates the healing. And yes, there will be people who are like, all you need is mind-body work. And there will be some people that need a lot more mind-body work than they need physical work. And then there may be people who need a huge emphasis on the physical side of things and less on the mind-body side of things. In which case your eights may have a, a bigger infinity side, maybe a little bit more dominant on one side and a little bit smaller on the other side. But we always kind of move in between as time goes on because everybody needs sleep. Everybody needs healthy blood sugar control. Everybody needs to eat nourishing foods. So there are always those physical pieces to the process as well. So I will wrap up here today. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that this was not too disjointed and I hope it's given you some insights which will be useful as you make decisions about your journey.